0: Over a million patients a year are treated with respect, warmth, and compassion at Boston Medical Center. It's in this spirit of community that we offer our podcast series to you, featuring our doctors and staff. This is
1: Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. Today, we're talking about how Boston Medical Center is changing lives by guiding victims of violence through recovery with a trauma-informed approach. My guest is Elizabeth Dugan. She's the clinical director of the Violence Intervention Advocacy Program in the Department of Emergency Medicine at Boston Medical Center. Elizabeth, what's the prevalence of violence in this country, and what is the impact economically and societally and on families?
0: Um, well, good morning. Um, I think the answer to that is um complex. Uh the violence in Boston, Boston Medical Center actually receives uh seventy five percent of all gunshot stabbing victims citywide that are brought to our um uh, trauma room and from there uh the our program becomes involved right at the the bedside and I think estimating uh costs around uh, savings and livelihood, hospital cost is um, exorbitant. I don't um, think really you can even gauge that, but, uh, you know, violence is very prevalent, and Boston Medical Center receives about 75% of all injured youth and uh, victims in Boston.
1: Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about your program and the population that it serves. Tell us about the Violence Intervention Advocacy Program at Boston Medical Center.
0: Sure. VIAP, uh, as we call it, was founded in 2006 by an emergency room doctor named Dr. Thea James here at EMC. And it was in response to a request from the former mayor, Thomas Menino, Um to take a look at where there were gaps in service for victims of uh, surviving victims of community violence and also homicide victims. So at that point, there was a small amount of funding made available to address these victims and their family members that were coming into the hospital and leaving with no support for services. So in 2006, um, the buy-up program was born out of Basically, a gap analysis that there were no connections being made at the hospital for victims or their family members.
1: What have you found to be the biggest need for this population, and how has your program addressed that need?
0: Well, I think that is a multifold answer. I think that DMC does a really great job at addressing not just the injury, but the whole person using a trauma informed. And centered approach. What we find the majority of the time is that social determinants of health that are existing in this person's life are interfering or not complementing or supporting a fast and rapid recovery, physically, mentally, or spiritually, because they're dealing with housing crisis, housing instability, food insecurities, educational gaps. Uh, work and employment gaps in in history of their work employment so i think that you know addressing social determinants of health is critical to um, people being able to move on and be self sufficient because you have nowhere safe place to be living then it's very challenging to be on time for a job every day or be able to go home and take care of your children if you're experiencing food insecurity. So um, I think the approach that we take is unique and
1: comprehensive. What services do you provide? What can advocates actually do? Tell us a little bit about what's involved in crisis intervention, support, and advocacy.
0: Sure. We have advocates that respond 24 hours a day. So if a victim is entering the emergency department at BMC, we're informed and alerted of that. And our intervention starts right at the bedside in the trauma room and in the family waiting room with the family members. So, um, after that connection is made in the trauma room and once everybody, the crisis is over and people are stabilized, we really defer to the uh, victim as the expert in their own life and um, look at a plan that will not only empower them, but keep them engaged. And another important component is including the family members in the plan. And we do have family advocates that work with family members because if you are working with a client, you have all these great ideas and you're putting things into place and then they get sent back. Living in an environment where the rest of their family members are not um, tuned into or engaged or invested in the plan, then it usually won't work. So we really try to include families in making the plan. So if a victim wants to complete their high school or GED, um, then academic assistance would be part of the plan. We do uh, support with navigating safety issues around housing because. Somebody gets shot in their own neighborhood, then it's very difficult for to feel safe in your own house. So we do a lot of housing advocacy. We um, provide support to court, going to court with clients when they have uh, something either from the actual violent incident or other that uh, requires court attention. We also have a workforce development. Program here within the VAP program that we have employment partners that include Boston Medical Center um, is one of our big partners, but also partners in the community that um, work on employment places uh, placements for uh, victims of violence. So we also provide free uh, mental health care through our. Partner here in the hospital, the community violence response team they're a integrated partner that um, an advocate and a mental health clinician work in tandem with each other to provide um, comprehensive services for the victims.
1: I'm glad you mentioned how the families were involved and what community resources that you can look to. Tell us some of your proudest moments regarding your work through the s m s v grant
0: um that specific, well, we had uh, a gentleman that um, was working at the hospital here. He got a job for our employment program. Um, you know, he had a lot of trauma he was dealing with from the incident, and he was trying to work through things. Um, he was not doing well in the job here, and um, he ended up leaving upon pursuing what Kind of not just what would make ends meet for him, but what his actual passion was and what he wanted to do for a career, not just a job. Uh, he, we ended up supporting him going through a coding class and then he did an in- internship through Google and one of our small business community partners valued him as an intern. He was creating apps around him being a great dad and him um, doing parenting things, but this small business that he was working for does websites for nonprofits. And I think one of um, the things I enjoy most is um, some of the staff from our program went to his graduation at Google, and um, his parents were there, and they were so proud of him and grateful at the the transformation of him not doing well and not prospering because he was at a place that wasn't of his choosing. It wasn't his passion to just watch the transformative experience of getting the right person in the right role and just watch it blossom and see his parents involved in supporting him and proud of him. And his child was at the graduation and the pride he took in being, in being a good dad. Um, those are the kind of rewards that we get to see every day. Bearing witness to the transformation is never ceases to amaze me. very humbling, and it's what we
1: do. What are some common feelings and actions that happen to these patients after a trauma? And what's your best advice about some things that can help them, as well as looking to the VIOP program at Boston Medical Center?
0: For anyone who was shot or stabbed or, you know, injured or assaulted in any kind of way, uh, first and foremost, there's always fear, fear around mortality and what just happened. And, you know, you get all different levels of involvement. You have young people who are involved in, um, you know, community violence. And we do work with some youth who are, quote, gang involved. So when a victim comes in, there's a lot of feelings that range from fear around safety and retaliation to, you know, trauma about something they have witnessed previously in the community because, you know, I think using the the incident as a teachable moment is something that we do very well and try to capitalize on the fact that somebody just could have died and you you didn't, you survived, so now what do we do?
1: Wrap it up for us. What you would like people to take away from this segment about the Violence Intervention Advocacy Program at Boston Medical Center and the community resources that you look to, how you can help people who have been affected by violence in the Boston area.
0: Well, I would say that you need to uh, first and foremost listen and listen with uh, respect and solution that, um, you know, understanding violence from um, an intergenerational, like, multi-faceted uh, society, structural racism, poverty, education, all of those factors. And really believing that through partnership, communication, and community building, things can get better. To see victims and families move on to be self-sufficient and be healthy, happy members of the community um, is achievable in the city of Boston if we all just keep working together.
1: Thank you so much, Elizabeth. What a rewarding job that you must have. Thank you so much for joining us and explaining the program to us. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. And for more information on the Violence Intervention Advocacy Program at Boston Medical Center, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.